Welcome to podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. And welcome to podcast 2187. And <laughs> what's, what's going on there, Mark? The trailer. I'm so just the feels. The feels. The feels. The trailer gave me. That gave me so much feels. I can't believe it. <laughs> that trailer. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, it really seems like you're you're handling the emotions of this experience really well. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, I felt like everybody was. I had to be like everybody, you know. Everyone's screaming and tears and crying, and it's like, well, <laughs> dang it, what what am I doing? What am I missing? No, okay, yeah. So, so I'm sure everybody already knows. Um, the trailer for season two of The Mandalorian did come out today, and that is obviously what we are going to be discussing. Uh, and as you were just essentially putting a spotlight on mark it seems i i've i've seen a good amount of people who have been very uh, as you put it just very emotional about it and of course not everybody but a lot of people putting a lot of uh, uh emotions <laughs> into their reactions and thoughts about this trailer and i really i just find it interesting because it was a good trailer and i enjoyed it and we're we're going to talk about why it was a good one but i'm kind of missing where the just fanatic you're not fanatic but i mean like like the super excited and intense tear reaction i i don't get where that where, where you what you take from this trailer to get that response i had no pro- i had no problem with the trailer i mean the trailer was fun. yeah no that's what i'm saying like it was, it was a good trailer it, like it was a preview which is you know what a trailer is it was like a preview of the type of vibe we're gonna get from this season but they're, you know, we're so used to. Here's the thing, with the Star Wars movies, especially. I don't think people really necessarily fully understand how lucky we were to be reintroduced to this current era of Star Wars with J.J. Abrams. Because I'm not talking about the movie itself, but how he markets and produces and creates these events. They're not always just movies. He makes events of them, and he could tweet a picture and the background of a little note card that he wrote would be a clue about something, right? That's what we're used to because two of the three movies we've had of the trilogy had that element to them. And even with like solo where Phil Lord and Chris Miller would tweet out a picture of his gun or whatever. I mean, there would be little teases and things along the way and hype moments to trailers and stuff like that. You know, the, the big finales of every trailer we got at celebration and all this kind of stuff. And here with this, again, it's a good trailer. It's a good preview, but there's just, there, there isn't that moment of hype, that excitement, that thing that like you're waiting for everybody to react to that moment of the trailer. That wasn't there. So it was good and I enjoy it. We're going to talk about it here, but yeah, I just, I feel like some people, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way necessarily, but like some people kind of have a, a little bit of a Pavlovian response to Star Wars trailers where it's just instant hype through the roof, no matter what it is. Yeah, there, there wasn't the Kylo Ren igniting the lightsaber moment. It wasn't that. It wasn't Chewie were home. You know, it wasn't the Emperor laughing. Right. It wasn't anything like that. So, yep. yeah. But, it, but again, I don't mean to down it because it was definitely, it was a good preview, again, for what we're going to get. So, uh, and 
the first thing that I actually noticed when it started, of course, we have the Razor Crest flying by, but I don't know what kind of shape it's in because it, it's doing a little bit of spark, and the uh, the door is just the lilting. I'm like the door is just sitting there open while it's flying. In oh, space. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it also looks like it's lilting a little bit, so like it's doing that kind of sideways. Like yeah, uh, um, I'm, my my wings busted. Yeah, no, yeah, it is, and then like I said, and like the just the door to the entire thing is just sitting there open. So, like, maybe it had to do some sort of, like, emergency escape from somewhere and didn't have time to go through the procedure, or I don't know, because don't, you don't see a lot of obvious, like, battle marks on it. Not that, I mean, maybe it's angles, but something's wrong is the point, though. So, kind of an interesting way to open it, because you're, and you're right, it is kind of, like, wobbly as it goes. Yep. So, and then... Anybody have any idea what planet that is or no? I, I haven't seen anybody have any speculation for it. Do you have thoughts? No, I don't. I, I don't know if that's the, I don't know if that's the ice planet or whatever. And then I saw other people suggest that that ice planet is, um, Ilum? Ilium? Ilum. Yeah, that's. I was gonna go over that when we get to the where they're on the ice planet because there are a few different. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're fine, but there's there are a few different theories on it, and they they each have like a response. It's kind of interesting. Basically, nobody really has a strong leader for what it could be. But, um, of course, we have we got good shots here of the child and the Mandalorian together just doing their thing. Uh, the first real location reveal that we have, though, is on Tatooine because we have the sand people on top of the Bantha with the Tatooine landscape and the uh, Razor Crest flying in the background. So we know that... In this season, they're going to go back to Tatooine. Now, one thing I'm going to say right now, if you're listening to this, uh, you can I guess you can consider this a potential spoiler-based reaction to the trailer because we're going to be talking about these things in context of different rumors or reports or whatever you want to call it um, to maybe explain some of these types of things. Uh, none of this is like coming from us. We don't have any you know sources that we're divulging information or anything like that. We're just basically you mark and i are talking again based off of these rumors and stuff and trying to add context to what we see in the trailer here so uh again consider this i guess you're kind of warning but this is tattooing that we have and we have a few different options for why they could be here and he could be here more than once we don't know but number one of course everybody knows the whole boba fett thing the last time they were in tattooing in season one was the boba fett tease and they're going to be in what well, was it boba fett I mean, that's that's supposedly it. And, and, and there's also Fennec Shand. A lot of people want her to come back. Ming Na Wen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I hope she's not dead. That would be the, the well. Star Wars tends to do it, <laughs> but that would be a waste of a character. Well, I mean, they tend to do it sometimes, but they also do tend to kill people, but then have them not actually be dead. And now, so far, it's been Sith and Jedi, true. pretty much. But still, they didn't do it for Phasma, so you know. not yet. It's true. <laughs> She's the only one right now that's still dead. And Greedo. Yeah. Greedo's still dead. Yes. And random stormtroopers, I guess. We can count them too. Well, yeah, I don't know what to count though. <laughs> but if you if, if, if you know what would really be great if somehow he comes back? Mace Windu. Uh it would be really cool if Dooku comes back. <laughs> right now in the Mandalorian. And he would he yeah, he'd literally just be a spider head. Well, I was going to say he's like Grievous, but with Dooku's voice. That'd be cool. 
Yeah. Or, or, uh, oh, wow. You know what? Neither one of them has hands. Well, and this, this Grievous Dooku has a curved lightsaber. I'm not, I'm not talking about the hilt. I mean, the actual blade itself. It was, it's like a U where it comes, it's like Maul comes at both sides, but it makes a U. That would be cool. Kind of a trademark thing for him. So just taking it to the next level. <laughs> uh, but as it, he's got no head and no hands, right? And then Mace Windu just has no hands. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you solve that problem. I mean, we do have a character who was cut in half, and he survived, so. That's true. I'm just saying there's a way if you try hard enough. Not that I would do it, but there's a way. I mean, I mean, look, Grievous was basically, what, his, like, brain, heart, and eyes? That's basically it? Like, yeah, same thing. For for Dooku, there you go. They just take his brain out of his decap. This is getting not not the conversation I thought I was gonna have. Like you'd be like a bone marble. <laughs> I think everybody knows where we're going with this though. So, um, but yeah. So Tatooine is here, and we know that for sure confirmed by the trailer. Unless it was a promo shot only, and they don't actually go there. I doubt they would do that. Um, then they will be going to Tatooine potentially for. Uh, Boba Fett and some other things that we'll kind of get to in a minute too because the next thing that they show is a snow slash ice looking planet uh, and again we have different ideas as to or, or suggestions I, I've heard three main ones but frankly I think there could be four so option number one is that this is Hoth I think that's not in my opinion that's probably the least likely option of them all um Option number two is that it is Ilum. Uh, three is that it is the location, wherever it was, at the end of the Clone Wars, where Ahsoka and Rex landed. And then the fourth option that I think of is that it's just a new place that we don't know yet. Uh, okay, so question. Yeah. Question. Why Hoth? I, I think people just say that just because they see snow in Star Wars, and they're like, oh, Hoth. I think that's it. Yeah, I mean... But I, I don't see any story reason at this point. It's going to all change as soon as they just put a single line in the episode that goes, you know, you know. Uh, last we heard, Luke Skywalker was hunting Wampus. Oh, okay, you know, and they go there. Like, I don't know, but as of right now, there seems to be no reason for it to be Hoth, based off of what we know. Uh, the thing about Ilum, too, that's interesting because that would be a great place to have in The Mandalorian as a set, but... We have to look at the time frame too, because Ilum is what became Starkiller Base, and I don't know how the timing of this all goes down, but I would think that you know, for Starkiller Base to be where it is in Episode Seven, and I know it has something to do with the relation to Fallen Order as well. I just don't know for sure the timeline of, and plus we're, we're still dealing with the Empire here, and not really First Order stuff yet, so. I, I don't know. We'll see. It is. It still could be Ilum, but we would have to just take a closer look at the timeline with Starkiller base events to see how likely that is. Well, and then why is he going back? You and I talked a little bit about it earlier, but why is he going back to Tatooine? Well, you know, if, if they pretty much set it up, mm -hmm. or at least they want you to think, right. whether it's true it that, that this whole season is him trying to find somebody to pass off the kid to right the, the concept of season one seemed to be about him coming across baby yoda and then instead of of course in episode one instead of following through with the bounty basically being on the run from 
the bounty being becoming wanted because he didn't follow through with it and basically keeping the child protected. And like you said, based off the dialogue in this so far, it, it seems that the point of season two is to um, pass along to somebody of his kind. We think they don't mean, so you're going to give him to actual Yoda. I, I think, again, based off of the, the way that the dialogue was put together in the trailer, that they are talking about some form of Jedi or light side force users or something like that. They did mention Jedi by name in the trailer. Right, okay, so from that, you know, like you and I were discussing earlier, what's the point of tattooing then? He goes back there because what? He's heard that, you know, that's where, again, you and I weren't sure how big Luke Skywalker is at this point. This is seven or ten years after uh, Return of the Jedi. My my suggestion was that, you know, people talk, they talk about wizards, right? Doesn't the armor talk about wizards? Uh, sorcerers, I think was the word. Sorcerers, okay, so... So who knows if the if the conversation if it makes him go to you know Tatooine because he heard about a sorcerer or something living in the Dune Sea, right? You know, so so that may be that, or you know, if people say Hoth. Well, Luke Skywalker was on Hoth one point, or let's go to Ilum because that's where supposedly the Jedi got their lightsabers. See, and, and so this is going to be pretty cool because they have a lot of potential by going this story route of trying to track down a Jedi from the bounty hunter's perspective, not Vader, or, or I mean, Vader's dead at this point, but, you know, not anything Imperial or Inquisitors or anything along those lines. Um, because we have the potential to find out some of the in-galaxy lore about Obi-Wan, for example, because, you know, <laughs> so many thoughts on this. If the Mandalorian tries to go to Tatooine because of these rumors about an old wizard that was Obi-Wan. He, they can talk about the Lord because obviously he would have been, Obi-Wan would have been dead about 10 ish years, but by that point, but if he's going around based off of the rumors and, and like the legends of it, it'll be interesting like to hear what those are and what people say about him. Does he end up going to Ben's house at all? And like looking around, I don't know. Um, or like we also discussed, maybe he's there for Luke for some reason. I mean, we don't know where Luke is in the galaxy because he could be working on setting up his uh, Jedi Academy. He could be off still finding the relics like he was in battlefront too. Um, I don't really know at this point. We know, in an additional 20 years when the force awakens happens, he is referred to as a legend or a myth uh, by Ray, but he's also obviously kind of a hero of the galaxy and right after the events of return of the Jedi. And, and everybody seems to know who he is right after that point. So we don't know where in the transition of like the, the fame and awareness of Luke Skywalker people are at this point. But again, I guess this all comes down to this is a good opportunity to learn more about the lore of the Jedi and how people see it from a quote-unquote normal person's perspective. Uh, oh, but and, and also to your point about this is Ilum, since that's where the Jedi get their lightsabers, that's also why they use this for Starkiller base because of the kyber crystals and all that kind of thing. Um, it's interesting because, okay, I, I think we're at the point now where we can go ahead and, and bring up a certain aspect of these rumors about the potential characters involved with this season. So we know, of course, we we have rumors surrounding Ahsoka, Tano being involved, Bo-Katan, and uh, maybe even Sabine Wren, okay? Now, the reason I bring that up is because 
maybe if he's trying to follow up for Ahsoka, it could be Ilum just because she may want to be there. She has a history with that place. Of course, her um, the, the really famous and great arc in the Clone Wars where she and Yoda take the younglings to Ilum. We have that background. And plus, it's just a, a Jedi sacred site. So it would make sense for her to go there. At the same time, it would also make sense for it to be where she was at the end of the Clone Wars, as the other idea has suggested, because she has an obvious tie to that area as well. And it's remote and it's isolated. And we know the Empire was there at some point based off the end of the Clone Wars. Maybe they were looking for her. So we'll see. But that is, you know, both of those places. Wait, hold on, sense. though. Hold on. Him, him looking, it makes zero sense to look for her there. Why? Well, because it's what? Uh, Was it 20 years, 30 years earlier? From like when Vader found her lightsaber, you mean? Yeah. Well, we don't don't know. We don't know the time jump yet. Yeah, but from from when she she, uh, ordered 66 to 10 years after Jedi is how many years? 30? Yeah, about. So that would be that would be pointless. It, how would you pick up that she was there, but then not anyplace else? Well, well no, no. I don't I mean, mean she's been there this entire time, like Obi Wan on Tatooine. I'm just saying that could be a place that she goes to, like like one of her bases or something like that. Because and like Vader had gone there maybe a year after Clone Wars or, or after the you know when we see him at the end of Clone Wars, maybe it was just a year after they had crashed or something like that. He was looking for her. She wasn't there at the time they left. And then she has gone back since as a base. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just saying it could be a place like that. Well, I mean, you, you look at it like Ilum to me would make more sense because if Luke Skywalker is restarting the Jedi order, all his Jedi need lightsabers. So do do you think we could get a storyline where Luke and Ahsoka are in Canon working together? No, not not in Mandalorian. Okay, so then, but then, why would she be there if Luke's people need lightsabers? Then why would she be there? I don't know. Oh, I, maybe he goes looking for Luke, and Luke's not there. Oh, so like you're saying that Mandalorian could go there for Luke purposes or something like that, or like some some other right. Jedi. Like he, not he's heard he's heard there's a Jedi there, and he goes there, and, and there's nobody there. Okay, or he's heard that there was there was a Jedi scene on Tatooine, and he goes to Tatooine, and there's nobody right. there. You know, he's looking. The, the, each episode is maybe him traveling to a different spot in history that a Jedi would have been, and he finds nothing. Just like tracking rumors, basically. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, it seems like they're jumping from place to place. So the question is, where are they going? Right. No, I think that would be you know, great. For all, for all we know, for all we know, the the Gamorrean guards are fighting in Jabba's palace. True. Because he goes there looking, you know, for Luke or Ben or, you know, I, so I don't really know. I don't know what the setup is. The only thing they've teased is that he's looking for a Jedi right. or a wizard. Sorcerer. Right. Yeah. Who's, who's fought, who's fought Mandalorians before. Right. And we know, and we know from rumors who's supposedly in the show. Right. So it leads us to believe, I don't know. I mean, it could be anywhere. <laughs> well, I mean... I really like just the idea of that, of like having it be episode by episode, him searching different locations or different places. Cause that's a cool way to give nostalgia without it being fan service, which is something that the show's done really well so far. So why do you think he's on Mon Calamari? I mean, cause we have that whole scene where there's what Quarren uh, walking around and, and, and there's a big boat scene. I mean, 
what would the Jedi have to do with that? I mean, that's a good question. I don't know if perhaps, uh, I mean, th they could establish something in the story again, just to make it make sense. Like for example, uh, you know, Luke had a, a student who decided to publicly re renounce the Jedi. I mean, this is kind of ridiculous, but I'm saying they can come up with a storyline where, you know, there, there's a, there was a Mon Cal person who was a Jedi and he went back home or, or, uh, there were rumors of a Jedi living among the Mon Cal. Or maybe he's just there as like a layover <laughs> between planets. I mean, I, I don't know. Or maybe he's looking for Akbar because Akbar knows Luke. Yeah, I mean, that could be. I mean, we know Akbar's still around in The Force Awakens, so and and, and for part yep. of The Last Jedi. So uh that could be. Or what, what if that'd it... be a little that'd be a little too fan servicey, but at the same time is there really a great contingent of Akbar fans who are like, yes, <laughs> yes, thank you. It's just, but again, I'm really looking forward to that because reapproaching, like this, this is the area that you and I have talked about that they can explore so much with, with the story of after Return of the Jedi before the Force Awakens, you know, and that's where the Mandalorian lives, obviously. But with this specific storyline of the potential for him to, if he wants, talk to Akbar or just go to these different planets and probably on Tatooine while he's maybe looking for Obi-Wan or Luke comes across Boba Fett. You know, these are all things that make sense. So they don't feel fan service. like sticking R2 and, and 3PO in the middle of Rogue One for no reason. They feel a little less like that fan service and they feel a little bit more like things that you can follow and you can believe. And even if you're like, Oh, they're doing this for us, you can still see why. Well, you know, and then the other thing is is that uh, this really feels like, you know, we, we obviously know where The Force Awakens starts, but there's not much in between. Yeah. Obviously, you have the rise of the First Order, you have Snoke, you have what's going on with, uh, you know, what is Luke doing? You know, what's Leia, you know, Leia eventually goes to, uh, um, in, back into the Senate. Yeah. But now you've got where you can t start tying, you know, because obviously Ahsoka and Luke are going to meet up. There's the whole thing with Sabine, the Mandalorians, and Bo-Katan. There's, there's now, you know, they add Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian into the mix. But there's just so much, so many things that can be done right now, you know, or or even, you know, Luke just traveling around, still looking for relics, which can bring tons of history to. You know, the Star Wars universe. Absolutely. And there is also one... Where's where's the show, man? Where's the animated show? Well, for sure. But I was going to say, there's also one still big plot line from season one that they have an answer. And, they, and it doesn't seem to be like a main storyline yet based off this trailer. But like, why is the Empire, why is Moff Gideon, why, why are they so interested in getting the child? Like, we, we've talked before about the idea of it being having to do with the, the cloning process for Palpatine and, and Snoke and all that stuff, wanting a force sensitive, uh, physical body for part of the like experimentation or for to, to you. I mean, it gets a little weird ish in, in this area, but we've talked about that before as being maybe a reason that they're so interested in tracking down. Maybe they are also just fearful that this could be another Yoda and they want to get rid of it. I mean, I, I don't know. But that is still another plot, plot line because Gideon wasn't anywhere in this trailer. Yeah, but but so here's the other thing though. What one of the things we've learned is that you know at least it's come out lately is that there's been pro what the behind the scenes you know information was in regards to the sequel trilogy and that Palpatine was sort of not a last minute addition but 
they settled on him later on in the writing process. So the question is, did they start writing Mandalorian before J.J. Abrams settled on Palpatine? And so, you know, we may be thinking it's the most logical thing, but they may have been approaching each storyline independently. It is. That could be. They could also have done the same thing where they created this storyline. And now that the whole thing has gone down with Palpatine, now they're like, oh, well, let's decide. Let's go this route with it now, too. That's true. Um, but something else just did occur to me too, which kind of lends into the next part of the, the trailer too, as far as why he could be on in the Mall and Calamari area. Uh, we see in that trailer we have, and I just I want to take just a moment to clarify that this is Sasha Banks. Okay, I cannot express to you. I, I don't know how much of this you've seen, but there are people who are doing like we're talking like not mental gymnastics. We're talking like mental Olympics. Of trying to explain how this is Rosario Dawson in the trailer. Yeah, I mean, I so I saw it this morning. And I was like, "Ooh, it's Ahsoka," and then I and then I was like, "But I didn't see any markings on her, on her face." Mm-hmm. And then I saw somebody post a, a screen grab. I was like, "Oh yeah, no, that's not uh, that's not her," and that right. was it. Like I saw on my on my phone one time, made me think it was Ahsoka until I saw people saying, "No, it's not," and I was like, "Okay, that makes sense." I mean, because. There's no face markings. There's no um, the headtails aren't there, and and then like you said, just I get you know first view you can think that that's fine, um, but I'm talking about people who have gone back, paused. I I literally saw somebody who had it paused, pulled up a picture of Rosario Dawson and Sasha Banks both, and said, "No, this is Rosario Dawson." So here's a question though: Who do you think Sasha Banks, not Rosario Dawson, is playing? I <laughs> well, I'm like well, and one other thing too, real quick again, just so you people know. They're saying, no, 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 this is definitely Ahsoka, and she's using the Force on everybody there to like, basically doing a mass mind trick to make them think she doesn't have her, her appearance. Like, she's altering her appearance to everybody else there by a massive mind trick. Like, what? Look, I'm, I'm more willing to, <laughs> to agree that it's uh, a Zam Wessel alien who's... <laughs> <laughs> who's stalking uh, them, you know, and she's a bounty hunter too, than any of that Ahsoka <laughs> stuff. I think my answer yeah. makes more sense. And yeah, so, and, and I know you and I did talk a little bit about this, but, but what, what are you saying is your answer for who this is? I, I do think it's Sabine. Um, and, you know, I had, I had some people tell me, well, you know, isn't Sabine Asian? And it's like, well, I don't know. There's no Asia in, in space. Uh, she definitely has uh, non- "Quote unquote white features." Um, right. She's certainly not. She's certainly not black. Can Sasha Banks fit into this though? I mean, Sasha Banks is black, but she's you know different enough that I think you can look at her and Sabine and go, okay, and, it, and it's not a question. Just like you know, I, I, I think the minute you start trying to say, okay, um, Sabine has played a voice actress by an Indian actress. Well, then, you know, but Sabine's supposedly Asian or Asian features. But then you've got Callus, who is white, but voiced by a black actor. Or you have, um, you know, all the clones who are Maorian. I don't know that's how you pronounce mm-hmm. it. Who are voiced by a white guy. You know, it's like once you start getting into right. cartoon voices, it's like, okay, look, as long as she looks like or can look like the character then anything's game and i and i think she could well i i think it's certainly passable as far as 
what you're going to get on screen. You know, I think you can work with it. I mean, she's, you're not going to look at her and be like, whoa, that is not remotely like Sabine at all whatsoever. Right. You know, like if they cast, if they cast uh, Laura Dern, I would have some concerns right, about right. her being Sabine. Right. But you, you can work with it. And also, I mean, not that this seals the deal, but I mean, Sasha Banks is known for having a certain hair color that Sabine also has. Very true. So, I mean, anyway, but in story, this also makes sense because they, or even in the trailer, they talk about how basically the Mandalorians and the Jedi don't have a great history together. So if our Mandalorian here in the show needs to find a Jedi, it would make a lot of sense for him to go to a Mandalorian who has basically one of her best friends being a Jedi. And we know Ahsoka's in the show. So that's a great way for her, our Mandalorian to get to Ahsoka through another Mandalorian who knows her, and that's Sabine. They ended Rebels together. So it just makes sense in the story. It's the easiest way without having to create a scenario to force Ahsoka in there. It just makes sense with what we have been given in the lore this far. And uh, and maybe that's why, because she seems to be on this ship where uh, Mandalorian is with all the corn and stuff. So maybe that's why he's there. Maybe he's there to meet up with Sabine because she's there for some mission or whatever, and he just meets her there. Or you could even have a situation to where he speaks to Bo-Katan, and Bo-Katan says, okay, we'll go do this. And in the meantime, Bo-Katan says, hey, Sabine, this guy's looking for a Jedi. You better tell uh, you know, Ahsoka. Yeah, because we still don't really know yet what role Bo-Katan has in it. We know that she's been rumored to be in it, and that Katie Sackhoff is rumored to, to be the actress for it. Um, but we don't know the, the role or in the context of the story yet. Even with what we were just theorizing with Sabine and Ahsoka, I mean, you're right. Bo-Katan could lead him to Sabine. Or maybe he the, the uh, I can't remember her name, like the woman who does in charge of the Mandalorian like clan, who's the narrator the of the armor, trailer. isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, maybe she's the one who leads him straight to Sabine and Bogotan. Maybe they're together doing it. I mean, again, we still don't know how that's going to work out yet. Well, but... and the good thing is, no matter no matter who we meet, I tend to think we're going to get an answer to why are there Mandalorians that don't take off their masks and why are there Mandalorians that do? And do they like each other? Do they respect each other? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point because, I mean, there's that, that huge storyline with... I mean, I don't want to say storyline, but it was kind of a big moment when uh, he did not have his mask on temp or his helmet on temporarily uh, in that one episode when he was getting injured and about, you know, keeping it secret and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then, as we all know, yeah, Sabine has it off more than on. Well, and just about every single just about every single uh, Mandalorian we've seen has taken it off, you know, even uh, even. So there's a Vizsla who we've met. Uh, what is it? Paz Vizsla? Mm-hmm. His his dad or whoever took his mask off, you know, pre Vizsla. Um, yeah, we've only seen Mandalorians who take their masks off. We haven't seen this sect or this group of of Mandalorians who who you know w- would be akin to uh, religious fundamentalists that are very right. strict in in the way. So it'd be right. interesting to see what the dichotomy and the differences are between the two. No, that, yeah, that, that is interesting. I mean, I'd be, I hadn't really thought about that, but I would be content for a bonus episode of just two people by a fire and it's the Mandalorian and one of them just saying, (laughs) just talking about, you know, Mandalorian history. I'd be like, cool. That's good. I like the story. Or you (laughs) like Boba Fett standing in the shadows, just staring at them. They did one of those ones where it's like, (laughs) 
they start to talk and it cuts off to an animated uh, uh, history lesson. I'd be like, oh, thank you. I like, I like the like hit- schoolhouse rock. Yeah, I like no, not even that. Like, okay, so the start of Lord of the Rings with with the War of the Rings, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. It's it's the backstory that you're watching. It's like, oh, this is the greatest part, you know. And then they're talking about, you know, the Snyder the Snyder Cut or, or Justice League, where they jump to the ancient history of of you know Amazonians and Zeus gods versus you know, uh, th- uh, not Thanos, <laughs> Dark Side's people. <laughs> um, but that's the kind of things that you love. I love these history lessons uh, within world, and it's like, boy, if you could show animated Jedi's versus Mandalorians or whatever, because they they reference it so. That would be awesome. No, this is completely random, but it just occurred to me for the first time. You know, Marvel has been building up for, you know, over 10 years at this point and been doing everything they've been doing through their different phases. DC is trying to do a similar thing. Eventually, at some point, and it could be another 10 years, it could be 50 years, I don't know, but eventually, at some point, they will have basically reached the top of their expansions. Do you think it is ever going to be possible, except even 50 years down the road, that we get a movie that is the ultimate expansion, which is the Justice League and Avengers, both against some or a couple or many bad guys? It's like the ultimate crossover. You mean uh, like Avengers and Justice League? Yeah, but I mean like the the movie forms. No, I don't think so. I, I was actually thinking about that last couple of days. And, and I, really? Yeah, because how do you? I, mean, I don't think so. But but again, the only you can only go so far before you have no more else to expand. You just create new things, which is fine. But both of these companies seem intent on you know maybe constantly maybe, stepping maybe, up and expanding. But how do you? How do you? You'd have to really work it to where who gets to release that movie on home video? Who gets to release it in a theater? You know, and then and then. We've got well, no, because Disney buys Warner Brothers. Well, if, or if Disney just buys the DC characters, sure. <laughs> but 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 DC finally said, "Oh my God, we just got a billion dollars with Aquaman. Holy crud!" Right. You know, we got a billion dollars with the Joker. We are not selling this stuff off. Right. They'll easily get a billion with the new um with the new Batman. Wonder Woman. Yeah, Batman. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, I'm like, of course, yeah. And then, like, yeah, Wonder Woman 1984 is supposed know. to do so well. I don't know. I mean, that's that's one of the next movies that's going to come out, and everyone's running scared. I mean, I've been complaining about that's it lately. That's true. Who, that is true. Who knows? I mean, they're talking about moving Black Widow now. And the theaters, I don't think the theaters can last much longer, to be honest. I know. Like, I, I really am genuinely concerned for, like, the theater industry as a whole. Yeah, because they open back up because they were told these movies are coming, right? So, so yeah. Tenet doesn't perform as well as it as it would, and you don't know if that's because people are afraid of COVID. Obviously, New York and Los Angeles are not open, or California, and New York are not open. But at the same time, it's like there wasn't really any there wasn't really much marketing for it anymore. They kind of blew yeah. they kind of blew their 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 money on marketing months ago. I was going to say, I, I found out that it was going to be in theaters by looking at my theater's movie options. I'm like, oh, they're going to be showing Tenet when right. it came out. And then I, I saw like a trailer after that for like, you know, going to be coming out next week or whatever. But that was it. Like, like there was virtually no promo for it, which was surprising to me. But they're, they're seeing, I guess, the effects of that. I, I don't know. Did you see Tenet? No, I was going oh, to. But man, again, I didn't. so good. 
I, th- I think it's still I think it's still out here by me. So I, I'm, I'm I want to, and I'm hopefully Look, it's going not going to go anywhere as long as theaters are open because there's nothing else to show. Yeah, you know, I saw I saw it by myself, and part of me is like concerned that I saw it by myself. But at the same time, it's like there, like nobody else in the nobody theater, else in the theater, either? nobody else in the theater. Uh, but then I, I so I I'm walking out and I see that the doors are still open on the four X. I guess it's like this. You know, it, it's like a different alternative to IMAX. And I walk in and see how big the screen is. And I'm like, there's nobody in here either. And there's nobody in the parking lot. I mean, there's maybe 10 cars, but I'm seeing seven employees. And I'm like, well, man, I mean, is there any, is there anybody watching anything here besides me? And I, I'm in a, I'm in a state, you know, I, I'm in Idaho and, and they're very much, you know, to hell with masks. I don't want masks. <laughs> You know, uh, they're forced to wear them in certain <laughs> situations. But, you know, a lot of times bars are open here. Restaurants are open here. Um, schools are, are back in session uh, with, with kids that are actually in school. Um, so everything's pretty much normal except for the social distancing requirements. But people aren't going to theaters. People are going to bars, though. And every time I drive past the downtown area, there's people outside just packed without masks, you know eating and drinking. So I'm not sure what the situation is, to be honest. I just don't think that there's not, I don't think, like you said, people know that the movies are open. And at the same time, I don't think people are like, well, what is this tenant movie? I don't understand it. I was going to say, I feel like just based off of my, and now, you know, I can't speak for everybody, obviously, but based off of what I experienced with the promo for it, I wouldn't be surprised if people just weren't really aware of it. Like they know it's a movie, but they were like, oh, it's out now? Oh, let me go see it. Like, I don't think they knew that. I think they just know it exists But somewhere. what would have driven people to the movie theaters? Oh, my God, the new Wonder Woman? Oh, look, Black Widow? Oh, it's James Bond? All these things are big things that people know. These are franchises. They're the big, that... ticket, they're the big ticket movies, but that's also why the production companies are holding back because they want them – they put so much money into them, they want to get it back. I understand So that. it's like kind of a paradox. You're right. I mean, it's one of those situations to where you look and you go, okay – fine you're not going to make your money back you're not going to make what kind of money you would have made if you know covid didn't happen but at the same time you have to release it to save these theaters not only do you have to release it to save the theaters you have to release it to save the restaurants and stuff that are around these theaters and you know that drive people to the area if if theaters are going to take a bite and theaters are going to get hurt you got to kind of do it the same you know, they're, they're trying to have their cake to where, well, I don't want to release it unless they can make a billion dollars. And the movie theaters are like, well, we don't even know if we're going to be open. Well, and the thing is, too, here we are sitting talking about this trailer that we're excited about for this TV show that's going to be never in a theater. Right, right. And, and so, they're even talking about Soul. The next Pixar movie might go straight to Disney+. And so it's one of those situations to where this is great for us, but Mandalorian was never intended for the theater. You know? But at the same time, like if they do that, I they can't do it the way they did Mulan, as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, Mulan had just just has issues, really. But like, I understand the concept of why you would want to charge thirty dollars on top of the normal subscription price. So basically, what thirty seven dollars, um, to to essentially watch this movie. You know, I get it because you can't control how many people are going to be there. But like me, for example, if I went to see Mulan, I would buy a ticket. And right now, if I were to watch it on Disney+, Plus, it would be for one person, being me. 
I'm not paying 37 or you know 30 additional dollars to watch this movie. Well, and, and right then, now, and then here's- especially when it, it's eventually gonna be on Disney Plus anyway. Just wait. Well, but but I think at the very least you should be able to buy it and watch it at movies anywhere. You should be able to watch it on any platform you want. You shouldn't be stuck well, with basically, yeah. you know, uh, being stuck to only owning it as long as you pay a monthly fee to Disney. Yeah, you know, because if you buy, and I, I, I don't know if it works that way. Where I didn't see what Bill and Ted's was, uh, face the music. You know, is that a rental at twenty dollars? I mean, what's the cost on that? I don't know because that was in theaters for me, so I don't know. It wasn't in theaters, or it was? No, it it, it was. Yeah, it was for me. It was three dollars. Really? Yeah, because it because here's the thing over here, uh, the big chains aren't playing it because it's like okay, you want to release it at home, well, we're not playing it. So I actually, I mean, that makes sense. I saw it. I saw it at the at the second run theater. It went immediately there as, you know, opening day, it was in the dollar theaters, which is sad. Like, yeah, I'm just, I really am genuinely concerned. I don't want to go too much into like a a soapbox speech about it because I kind of have already on the show, but I I really am concerned. And I, I I don't know if if people agree or, or if they don't understand or if they do understand it, they just disagree. But like, I don't know how, like you said, how much longer these are going to stick around. I don't know if the damage has already been done because for theaters, even if we still have theaters around, they're long-term. Prices might be affected because of competition because we're going to have the the smaller independent theaters are are really especially struggling. They don't have the backing of a franchise or of a national chain. And even they are struggling, you know? So... Yeah, it's just it's not a good situation, and there are different types of you know uh, donation campaigns that people are doing to try to support them, and and that stuff is great, and and of course that is a great thing to do to help support them. That's not enough given the massive loss of revenue that everyone is having. Yeah, they didn't, you know, their their Black Friday, quote unquote, is the summer. You know, the the theaters need their that summer schedule in order to uh, to survive, and they didn't have it. And now it doesn't even look like they're going to have, you know, Christmas or, or fall or whatever. I would just say well, if you have that's... a chance to go to a theater, go to a theater. If you're concerned, yeah. mask up multiple times. And I guarantee you there's probably not going to be anybody there. So you're <laughs> going to be safe. Uh, you know, at least safer than going uh, grocery shopping. Because, again, yeah. I walked in. And that was it. It was just me. You know, buy a popcorn, buy a drink. And if you don't want to take the mask off. You know, while you're eating, buy a popcorn and a drink on the way out. Yeah. You know, because again, that, that's where they make their money, not on the ticket, on all the, everything else when you're there. Like, I think I'm going tomorrow. I'm either going to go see Tenet again tomorrow or Inception uh, is playing at the local theater. So nice. Yeah. I'm like, I've been twice over the past like month or so, roughly. Um, and, and yeah, like, it, it just comes down to, supporting financially and and i know it's rough for everybody we don't not not all of us as the consumers are in the best financial situation either uh but it i don't know it just comes down to balancing what you can do to support them so that they can still be here for when things are back on a normal schedule because well, i i would hate to get back to everything being normal this eventual 
more Star Wars movies we're going to be getting in the theater, in theory. And I would hate for there to be less theaters for people to go to see them. Well, you know, and the other thing is, is so my local, my local theaters been playing some good stuff. They had at one point every single Indiana Jones movie at the same time. Oh, nice. Uh, and you know, I saw, I saw, uh, I saw Temple of Doom there. I saw Face the Music there. Um, and, but right now it's like, okay, wait. They have Barry Lyndon uh, from Stanley Kubrick. Uh-huh. They brought back the B- Bridges of Madison County. And I'm like, what, what are you thinking? Seriously. You know, you need to have stuff that brings people out to the theater. Have, you know, have, I don't see why Disney's not saying, okay, look, we'll, so you guys stay open. We'll let you guys have all the Star Wars movies. Or you guys can play the diehards or the aliens or, you know, or Predator or, or all the Lord of the Rings or just the stuff that people want to see. You're not going to bring people out of the house to go see Bridges of Madison County. You're not. Wow. I, I'm looking. Okay. I just pulled up because I have an app for my the theater I, I primarily go to, which is an, an Alamo. It's not like, again, some small thing. Like they, they're a relatively big thing out here, you know. Um, tomorrow for Tenant, they have three different showings. And two of the showings are not not a single ticket sold and one of the showings has two seats right. taken right and that's it that's it and looking at their other movies most of them have absolutely nobody let's see they're showing batman like the 1989 version tomorrow no tickets sold uh black panther tomorrow a single ticket has been sold for that like let's see goonies they're showing and oh wow what? Seven tickets for Goonies. Uh, but see, everybody. But again, I mean, like when you're talking about these theaters that had that hold as many people as they do, seven tickets. That's still that's not good. No, it's not. And and everybody's showing Goonies right now, so it's like you know, my a couple of my local theaters are showing Goonies, and then and then the big chains were like, we have Goonies. It's like, well, if y'all got Goonies, you know, think of something else. Somebody's got to be able to get something that, that nobody else had. That's why for me, when I saw Temple of Doom, I was like, that's not many places. And I haven't seen that since the theater. I mean, I haven't seen it on a big screen over 20 years. So, you know. Well, like one of the movies I did see, I know I told you about, was uh, Jaws. Yes. They were showing that. Yes. And I got to see that, which obviously, um, uh, spoiler alert for me here, a little bit of personal information. I wasn't born in 1975, yeah. believe it or not. Believe it or not, I wasn't, so I haven't had a chance to see that one in theaters. But I did, and it was great. Like yeah. I totally get where, especially in in seventy five, seeing that movie in the theater, I get it. Yep. You know, it's entirely different from watching it on your living room TV. <laughs> just saying. Like, and I have a nice living room TV, and still, it's just it's entirely different. So, yeah, even if you think you don't want to see these movies, you're like, oh, I've seen that a thousand times. But it's still. I mean, it's not I, only you're supporting them, but you get to see it again in a new way. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, and we'll, and I, you know, I'll try and wrap it up with this: is I just don't think studios are doing enough to try and support the theaters. If it means releasing, True. you know, some more popular catalog titles, do it. Disney release Snow White in the theaters, or release, you know, some of the more classic, you know, uh, animated movies in theaters. They got to do something. If they don't want to release their big tentpole future stuff, that's fine. I, I don't agree with it, but. At least do something to bring people in. Not, not you know, Bridges of Madison County and Goonies at every theater, as much as I love Goonies. Right. So, anyways, Mandalorian trailer looks good. 
<laughs> that was that was one of the best segues that could have ever happened. Yeah. I don't know. We we're already an hour. It's kind of surprising for us, especially when there's nothing to talk oh, about. Oh, you know what? You're you're right. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, um, and like technically pulling up the trailer here, we're technically only halfway through. But I, the main thing really was up to like the potential Sabine appearance, maybe. Yeah, I, mean, um, I think there's a lot of potentials. Uh, yeah, I'm like the, the only other things I was gonna mention, like of course the graphics and all that kind of stuff look fantastic, like we would expect. Um, there's that one shot. I don't know if you remember, but I just want to point out real quick the one shot in like an Imperial, I, I guess Star Destroyer by the looks of it, where the stormtroopers are running away from the camera. The camera's toward the yes. ground, uh-huh. right? That shot right there. I just want everybody to know if if Lucasfilm ever wants me to direct a Star Wars movie, that's the type of shot that would be in mine. Because like, and I've said this before, like based off of you know my career or whatever. If I had grown up on the West Coast, I would have gone to film school and been a uh, director, or writer. I, I just I know that, and it's so, like I, I do this kind of stuff for fun sometimes. And like this is the type of shot I would absolutely do, and it made me so happy to see this. It's completely random, but I just have to point that out. I'm curious you directed that episode. Yeah, I yeah I really am too. Like I'm I'm curious for a lot of these shots, honestly, just to see like the compilation. I want to see their names in the corner. Oh, that's the other thing. Um... Hold on a second. I'm not sure if you can hear me or not. Um, they released the uh, listing of directors. Oh, they did. I didn't see that. Yeah, the only two. Okay, so there's there's no Favreau, there's no Waititi, there's no Deborah Chow. Um, but yeah, everybody a little busy. Everybody else has returned, and there is Robert Rodriguez and uh, Peyton Reed. Okay, and that's it. So I'm going to say Robert right. Rodriguez directed that one. With the down low camera angle. Well, again, if that's the case, then then I guess I'm basically him. That's my <laughs> that's, that's my guess. That's my guess. Confirmed. Um, but no, I did see that. Uh, uh, there's that one guy too. I forget his name. The uh, it was Gore or something. The alien with the one eye in the trailer. Yes. Um, I thought it was interesting because when I when I heard him talk, I thought it was John Favreau's voice, and it could be. But it was interesting because somebody else I saw suggested that it could be Mark Hamill's voice. And I was like, nah. But then I listened to it again. I'm like, it could be, actually. Mark Hamill's one of those guys who, who I mean, he's, a, he's an excellent voice actor. So you never know. Yeah. And just hearing it, I'm like, I don't know. It, it really could be, which I think would be interesting. He's, he's said that he likes the show before. So it would be pretty cool. And I think the, the, the main, if there is, like, a shot of the trailer, I feel like it's Baby Yoda basically going back into his thing and, and closing it up. Yeah, right? that was good. What, what would you do, though, if they have a de-aged Luke Skywalker in this uh, thing? Uh, primarily, I would be shocked. Like, that would be my first reaction. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be happy. I would be, like, shocked that they did that. Yeah, me too. Um, and then my immediate follow-up reaction would be completely dependent on how well it's pulled off. Well, they're pulling that stuff off better and better every year, so... They are, and if they pull it, if they do it and pull it off successfully, cool. I think that'd be great. I would still be surprised after it settles in. It would like never not surprise me, but it would be okay. But if they do that, I'd be like, "Whoa, what the crap is this?" And then if it doesn't look good, I'd be like, "Ew, <laughs> this is a little concerning because they didn't need to do that." Right, right. And if they if they if they put it in there, and if it doesn't look great, and they didn't need to, it would be a little uh, just throw you off from the story too much, but. Uh, anyway, I, I guess I guess we're good. Yeah. Uh, I yep. guess we, we've gone on for long enough. But the point is, we have a trailer for season two of The Mandalorian, which is coming out in what six weeks from now? Six weeks. Um, 
October 30th, that Friday. Well, I guess, are they still doing it where it's going to be like uh, late I don't, I don't Thursday for people? I don't even know. It doesn't we'll matter to me because I, I, I'm like, I, I watch them Friday afternoons anyway. It's just, I, I work and that's all I can do. So, um, so, all right. I'm sure we'll be having more episodes good. because there'll be more trailers. There'll be more uh, stuff released. TV spots. Yeah, and hopefully. then we have the actual shows coming, and I'm sure we'll start seeing stuff about the Bad Batch soon. So, so but, I guess one, one, one parting thought for this trailer and the, the follow-up to it. We did not have, obviously, a look at Ahsoka in this trailer. Based off of that, because we thought if she would have been anywhere, it would be here, and she's not. So, do you think we'd see her before her episode airs, or is it just going to be complete nothing until she shows up on screen? I think it's going to be complete nothing at this point. And is that true for like every like like if this is Sabine, is that the only one we're going to see? Are we going to see Bo-Katan, Rex, so anybody, Boba Fett, like any of these rumored people? Are they going to show up anywhere? Or are they all going to be surprises? In this like, show? I don't think we're going to see. Boba Fett with the helmet on. We may see the actor who's playing, um, you know, if if it's Cobb Vanth and it's Timothy Oliphant, we may see Timothy Oliphant without a mask. Uh, I think the only person we'd likely see would be uh, Katie Sackhoff, just because she's a face. She's a, f- a face that people recognize, and for the average person who's watching Mandalorian, it's not a spoiler. For yeah. the for the diehard fans. Fifty percent of them probably know that she's going to be in it. The other fifty percent would be surprised. So I, I think and, if, and get excited. Yeah, I, I think if we're going to see anybody, it would be her. That makes sense to me. I, yeah. I think they'll. I think they'll hide. You know, if 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 uh, Fennec Shan's back, I think they'd hide that. If if Boba Fett, you know, in mask appears, I think they'd hide that. I think they'd hide Rex or any clone. Um, and I think yeah. they would definitely hide uh, uh, Ahsoka. At this point, so. yeah, I th- I'm like I think they will too because I don't think they would reduce her reveal to be anything other than this official trailer. If it's not here, then they're not going to reveal her. I don't think in a random TV spot. I think it would have to be in the context of the show itself. Yep, I don't think so either. So, all right, well, this has been fun. It was a little so it's kind of funny. It was a little impromptu just because I we we're actually going to come out with a little something today that was going to be released. And it completely went out the window because now we have this. And so we're recording this today and it'll be out, I guess, tomorrow for us right now. Yep. I don't know. Point is, it'll be out later. Um, so it worked out one yeah, way or another. So, all right. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on what's going on. If any more news or, or rumors or anything coming out about this, we'll see what it is. Um, but I, I say the two takeaways from this trailer are the dialogue about knowing a little bit more of the plot with baby Yoda going back to a Jedi and also the reveal of Sasha Banks at a minimum, hopefully possibly Sabine Wren, but at least we, we have seen on screen Sasha Banks in the Mandalorian. So that is something else to take from this, yep, right? Yep. 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 All right. So we'll be back next time. We'll see what else we have to go over, what we can talk about, what other news and leaks and whatever. Um, but it's been great. Thank you everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed the trailer and we'll be back 